standard issue for all women. Hey, hey, Mickey here. Welcome to one of this week's Sunday Chops. Yeah, that's right, you heard me. It's a double helping this week, and as well as this forthcoming tasty treat for your ears, you can also catch Jen and Hannah having a blinding chat with the force of nature that is Gina Miller. As for this Chops, listen up as Jen and I enjoyed a natter with the bloody lovely June Sarpong, who as well as being utterly charming, has written not one, but two books. Diversify is her look at the damaging nature of othering and how working together makes us a better society, with tips on how we go about making that happen. And The Power of Women is a cracking little pocketbook on why women are freaking awesome. Because we are. But sometimes everyone needs a reminder. What's more, you can come see June at our In Conversation gig at Leicester Square Theatre in October, where she joins a top-draw panel of birds, including Lisa Riley and Stacey Solomon. Details of this and all of our gigs can be found at sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue. Also worth mentioning that we've just made some kick-ass guest announcements, including the double whammy of Angela Barnes and Chidera Egaru, possibly best known as the Slumflower, both of whom will be joining me, Hannah, Jen and wannabe podcast host Imriel Morgan at the London Podcast Festival on September the 15th. It's an afternoon show, so you'll have plenty of time to go get leather to slash do some crafting. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know your life. Afterwards, it is also Jen's birthday that day. Mm. Cake. As ever, if you've not already subscribed, please subscribe. And if you can spare two minutes to rate and review us on iTunes, it is super helpful. Please and five stars and thanks. And of course, we love it when you have a rootle through our back catalogue. It's there for you. But for now, let's head back in time to the Edinburgh International Book Festival. Hello, Mickey here. Jen and I are at the Edinburgh International Book Festival with none other than presenter, broadcaster, campaigner and author, June Sarpong. Woo! Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? How are you guys? All right. It might get a bit noisy later, just a heads up, because people are going to come pouring out of the theatre. But at the moment, it's nicely atmospheric. We're doing well with the sound at the moment, aren't we? Early morning Edinburgh. Yeah, people Ooh. aren't... They're probably still drinking somewhere, <laughs> <I think. laughs> You have packed a lot in so far. Yes, yes. I, I think... I, yeah, I think we could say that. <laughs> <laughs> You've been a busy woman. Yeah, well, the past year, for sure, definitely. The past year's been pretty hectic, but no complaints, though. And your book, Diversify, is mm. actually, I mean, obviously it is a book that you can hold and you can read and you should do that, mm. but it's its more than that. Just hold it. Just, just hold it. it. Don't read it. Just, just hold it. it. Just <laughs> gently rub your face against it when you're lonely and crying at night time. It's good for that as well. It's very good as sort of a bed companion. <laughs> That's what I wrote it for. <laughs> but you're working hard to make it more vital, aren't you? It's mm. sort of becoming a movement. Can you tell us and the listeners a bit about it yeah sure so the, you know the whole reason I decided to write it was because uh, a few years ago I was working in America and there was a young guy on set who had tattoos no offence because I do love tattoos thanks but he June had... Sarpong just touched me guys <laughs> this is the best interview I ever he had lots of tattoos <laughs> and some gang markings and I found myself like somewhat intimidated by him okay. I made up all these assumptions in my head about who he was and in that moment I thought oh my goodness that's what it is because as a woman of colour I've always looked at this issue as being on the receiving end as opposed to doing it myself Yeah. and I thought that's what happens when you meet somebody that you think is different to you and the wall goes up and you sort of feel uncomfortable and it's that sort of awkward thing in the room 
and he could sense my discomfort and so he was going out of his way to be polite and seem helpful and so on and so I thought wow if I'm feeling this way about him what hope has this kid got so I went to speak to him and you know he'd had a tough start in life he'd made some wrong choices but our sound man had taken him on under his wing as an apprentice and I thought wow how do we start having conversations around these difficult issues where we can be honest yeah. in a non-judgmental way and find a way to sort of move forward and that's how it came about and it's across the board you know the book looks at all forms of others which is what I, I call discriminated groups so I look at disenfranchised men uh, I look at women of course I look at disability LGBTQ age which is a big one in our society yeah. isn't and particularly it? that intersectional yeah. women in age Oh, don't get us started on that. (laughs) You know, I just turned 41, so I know, you know, it begins, you know, and then it gets worse as we get older. And then also, obviously, class. We're in Britain. Yeah. And then the idea is sort of six steps about how you sort of better connect with the other, whatever that other is for you, and what society could look like, but also, more importantly, the benefits, why this actually is good for everybody when we diversify. So, yeah. Yeah, and it isn't just something that you wrote off the top of your head. You actually, you've, <laughs> you've been working with Oxford University, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get the sort of the grown-ups involved. <laughs> <laughs> so I partnered with Oxford University, and what they did was they compiled research on each of the groups in terms of where we are, but more importantly, where we could be if we yeah. made certain changes. And then also the LSE calculated the cost of discrimination and the fact that it's very expensive to discriminate and it's actually much more better economically to be inclusive so yeah economically socially morally morally. yeah Yeah. it's more fun yeah like it's much more fun you know i don't only want to be around people just like myself you know not that i'm all bad but i mean i know me you know what i mean (laughs) i want to know more about everyone else and i think that's actually the whole point of this actually the magic happens when you sort of take yourself out of your comfort zone and open up your circle a little bit. I think when you go in to write something like that, you must have had ideas of what you were going to find out, but was there anything that really surprised you? Yeah, 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 for sure. I think the thing that shocked me the most was actually the the data and the statistics around disability. Because, you know, as as an able-bodied person, and I had been officially disabled before in my life, but, you know, it was for a short time. So as an able-bodied person, it's not something we consider. You Mm -hmm. know, when you go into a room or a a space it doesn't even occur to you actually if you're unable to walk or if you cannot walk unaided is this space welcoming and it was funny a few months ago even after I'd written the book I was there's like a viewing platform near my house where you can go up and see like the whole city and I go up there all the time because it's just so peaceful and so calming and it was only the other day I thought, oh my God, there's only stairs here. Think how many people have been excluded from this. Yeah. And when you look at the statistics around disability, one in five people in the UK has a disability. That's a lot of people. That is a lot. And what's interesting is 80% were not born that way. So any of us could become disabled at any point in our lives. But yet we do so little to integrate them. And also, as speaking of age, as we get older and older, we all will be disabled. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
for me, I just think it's such a waste of talent. And when you look at the unemployment levels of the disabled community, it's just disgraceful. And so for me, that was what shocked me the most. I wasn't actually that surprised about the other groups because we kind of hear those stats all the time, don't we? We hear the inequality stats around uh, women. We hear the inequality stats around BAME. And we sort of still have the conversation around social mobility. But how often are we having national conversations around disability? What do you think it is about disability specifically? I think we're all comfortable with low expectations of people from the disabled community because also because we seldom mix. I mean, I bet your school, you probably didn't have anybody in your class. I know I didn't. Mm -hmm. And so we're also ignorant of it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even the other, again, we were filming a video for Diversify and we had a little girl who had Down syndrome. She was amazing. She was such a star. So we were giving the kids the sort of the stuff that they were going to read. And I even, I remember I was like, I was like, oh, should I just check with her mum? She'd be okay with that. And I was thinking, you know, why am I even saying that to myself? And she had no problem with it. She was brilliant. But again, it's the ignorance. We don't know what it is. We don't know how it impacts or, or, or how somebody is able to function in the world with a certain form of disability. So we have such low expectations, and I think that's really what it is, is that we're all comfortable with it because we don't think they can do more, which is so wrong. And what has the reaction to Diversify been so far? Very good. Because it came out last year, right? It did. Mm. It came out uh, end of October last year. Mm. Um, very good, making no complaints. So <laughs> we've had such great feedback, particularly the thing that I've been most excited about is the corporates. So companies are now taking it on board and using it for their diversity and inclusion agenda. And I think the place that we can really look to sort of test this stuff out in is, is in the place of work, in the world of work, because most of us work, unlike you two, most of us work with people we don't want to work with or people that, you know, we have no choice. <laughs> She's like, actually. <laughs> oh, God, do you remember that time it, it all went wrong when Jim Sarpong pointed out the obvious? <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of us don't have a choice in terms of who we work with. And I think that's actually an opportunity. If we can make our workplaces much more diverse, mm -hmm. then we can get people comfortable with difference. And also, when you're working together on a project, it brings you together, doesn't it? So yeah. I think that's where we can figure out this stuff out, and then it'll impact the way we are socially and the way we are politically as well. Yeah. People love a little bit of uh, semantics and war on semantics. And mm. diversity seems to be a word. Under attack. Yeah, well, it can either be like everyone's best friend or yeah, like absolutely. Or a red hated. flag, yeah. too, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I think in times of Brexit and Trump <laughs> oh, and God. please help us, Jude, <laughs> seriously, what can we can do? I say, I'm obsessed with the Omarosa scandal. Have you guys been following that? No, oh, Hannah you was must. Last night. It's yeah. just too good. <laughs> he, tw he tweeted something, didn't he? Yeah, was, yeah of course he, he did. Yeah. <laughs> she said, of course he yeah. did. <laughs> we should not be having it. Like, <laughs> Conversations about politics. It's so wrong. It has the word tweet in it, yeah. right? Yeah. It has no place. If this wasn't real, it would be the funniest thing, but it's real. But it's our lives, which Sarah is Sarah said you never want to hear Moira Stewart have to say the word tweet. <laughs> you don't. No. Or George right, Alagaya. No. Or anyone. Yeah. <laughs> or any serious news journalist. Well, I think we can agree when people have stopped being dicks about the word that it is better for all of us. Of course it is. So 
the workplace stuff's great. What can we as individuals yes, do? Yes, of course. Well, I think the first thing you can do, so in the book, we I have uh, the six steps, six degrees of integration. And the first step is to challenge your ism, whatever your ism is. We all have them. Uh, so on the website, diversify.org, we have an ism calculator. Is yours tattooism? It was, yours? Yeah. not anymore. Okay, now I love, ta- mwah, love tattoos, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> but that wouldn't have scared me. You'd have to have it all up here. Okay. Yeah, all of that. But next yeah, time. Next time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, tattooisms are out now. But, yeah, so challenge your ism. Then the second one I think is really important, and we've sort of touched on that, is to check your circle. And I think a lot of people sort of poo-poo this idea. But actually, look at the people that you choose to socialize with. Do they look like you, sound like you, think like you? Are they from similar backgrounds to you? Um, If they are, even if you don't want to, chances are you're going to have a bit of a linear outlook, just because that's what you're reinforcing on a daily basis. So the second one is to check your circle. Third one, hopefully, if your circle isn't as diverse as it could be, is to create a new connection. From that, hopefully, you change your mind. And then the fifth one I think is important is to celebrate difference. When you pretend that we're not different, we get uncomfortable with difference, difference is a good thing. And actually, for me, that's where the magic happens. And then the sixth one is to champion the cause, tell other people, which is what you two are doing, so I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, Take spread it. the word. Woo-hoo. So I mean, we're officially good people. You are. Yes. You're, you're, you're diversified people. <laughs> so what's the plan for the movement? Obviously, you come from a campaigning background. Yes, yeah. And so are you finding it easier to sort of get on the, the rally train for diversity? Yeah, also I think I've just been lucky in that if you look at what's going on socially, and I think also because we are living in such divided times, you know, you know, there's so much divisiveness around at the moment, that I do believe that what it's doing is it's spurring and the opposite, the counter movement of people wanting to come together and people wanting to call out injustice and inequality. So I think the book came out at the right time. Right very time. timely. Very yeah. timely. And there's lots of other books in the same space. Well played, which, mate. Well darling, played. who knew, right? Who knew? <laughs> if it wasn't planned, I can assure you. You know, it was so funny once I was writing it, then... Trump and Brexit, all of it happened at the same time. And my editor, Cleo, we were like, oh, my God, we have to add this, we have to add that. As we were going to print, we were adding more. It was right. crazy. <laughs> it was like another thing. Oh, and that too. So when we do the paperback, we'll have even more Are you going to do sort of revisions and yeah, add more yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. So we'll be doing a revision next year. So, yeah, no, it's good. And then, obviously, I have a, a new book called Power of Women, which is a smaller little book uh, that comes out uh, end of August, which is all about the power of women. I think we're quite fabulous myself. Oh, right. Yeah, we are. And it's stuff. Well cracking, done, birds. Yeah, exactly. Well done, birds. And it's why feminism is good for everyone. You know? Yeah. All about the birds. So I you think. said it's a, it's a little bit shorter. Yeah, it's a little book. It's one of those little pocket books, um, you know, at the sort of counter, the till point. Great stocking filler. So, yeah, I'd suggest... You get both myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the words of wisdom in the power of women? Is it to remind women that we're great? Yeah. Or to tell others that women are great? Both. Okay. And I think it's really important to, number one, remind women that we're great. Number two, actually make sure that we bring each other together to support each other. And then the third thing is to also show men that, you know what, they can never be as great as they want to be unless they are dealing with empowered women. You know, there's a wonderful quote by Margaret Mead, which is, every time you liberate a woman, you liberate. You only know how good you are when everyone is performing at their best. So for me, I think it's really important that men also realise this is good for them. 
There is a habit in society to pit women against each other. So boring. You must have seen that in your industry. We all have. Yeah. Yeah, it's so boring. No, and I think also we have to be honest because if you look at the way still, unfortunately, women are valued. Are you looking at your time? You trying to get rid of me? No. This was going on. Love stay forever. Somebody lock the tent flaps. Now, now. If you look at the way um, women are valued in society, we're valued for two things, our youth and our beauty. And the minute that those things start waning or leaving, there's a sort of insecurity that society puts on us. Even if you don't feel that way yourself, society is constantly reinforcing those messages. And I think the problem with that is it does mean then that sometimes women become artificially competitive with each other because of the way we've been conditioned or because of the way we're sort of attacked in that way. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that we all just change the script and change the narrative and say you're not going to support publications that make us feel bad about ourselves. And also if you do meet another woman that stirs up insecurity within you or whatever, it's to push through that and not act upon it. Because sometimes you can't control feeling it, but you can control acting upon it. And I think if we all at least do that, we will see progress happening at a much greater speed because we can't be complaining that men are holding us back if we're also doing it to each other. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. You've been politically savvy and active for a long time. Mm. What are you trying to say? <laughs> we're the same age, mate. Oh my God. Don't pit each other against each yeah. other. She's literally trying to fight me. I'm joking. <laughs> Is she? Is she? I hope so. <laughs> Go on. What made you so keen to do stuff politically and get involved in it? Do you know what? It's one of those things where... I don't know anything about racing car driving. Do you know anything about racing car driving? Uh, a bit. No, there's a no. bit at the top where loads of them crash and then it there gets really go. boring. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think too. Doesn't matter. Doesn't affect my life. You know, Lewis Hamilton does not affect what stamp duty is. Doesn't affect my taxes. But you know what? Theresa May does, and yeah. I think that's why everybody should be politically engaged because it impacts you whether you like it or not. I saw an interesting interview with you and you were talking about how you, you don't like Theresa May but you sort of feel for her because that job is yes. tough. And obviously you interviewed yes. Tony Blair and yeah. sort of hung out with Sherry yeah. and Tony. Mm. Do you feel that like as individuals, as voters, we could be more supportive? Is there anything else we could do? Yeah, see, I wouldn't say I don't not like Theresa May. I don't agree with her politics and I certainly don't agree with what she's doing with Brexit, I think she's What is she doing with Brexit? Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> They're handling it really badly. But I've done quite a bit of work with Theresa May in, in, the, in the past when she was um, Women and Equalities Minister. And she is really passionate about equality and, and, and tackling it. So I'm surprised she hasn't made it a priority. I suppose it's hard with Brexit. But for me, I think equal pay should be something that she's actually She said it was going to be a thing. Well, we haven't seen it, have we? No. I don't think she can, though, can she? I, don't, I think the position she's in as a woman, if she mm. says, right, I'm going to make this all about this, then she just, you know, she, you know, I would imagine her political advisors would be like, you know, like the Lexit thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I've just oh, said, don't terrible. make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Because no one likes a, you know, no one likes a minor. But I think she kind of has to. Oh, no, I agree. Because if she's not, who is? Yes, yeah. No, I agree, but and I can see why. Why she wouldn't. Yeah. I get it, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So, I, you know, don't agree with her. But at the same time, I do think that we must have some compassion for the fact that that's not an easy job. 
I wouldn't want that job. Would you want that job? I don't think anyone no, wants that job. No, I don't think <laughs> no, no one in there. Boris Johnson wants that job. No, not right now. <laughs> I think he wants oh. to wait till Brexit is. Sorted. Do you think that's what he's then, doing? Yeah, he's going to zip wire in. <laughs> Badly <laughs> land on no, Theresa May. Help us all. <laughs> we can't have a June Sarpong in without yeah. chatting about MTV. Oh, come on, T4, let's do this, yeah. The golden age of YouTV. The youth golden TV. age of YouTV. <laughs> Hungover TV. <laughs> Is that, was, it, was it as much fun as you made it seem? God, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. I mean, it was the best time. And, you know, Vern and I were talking the other day. We were like... It was so much fun. And we didn't even realise. You know when you're in the middle of something? Yeah. You're just doing it. And it's only now when we look back, we think, those days were awesome. They really were. You know, you work, working with your mates. You're just working with your mates and, like, just having a laugh. And it's a job. It's like, really? Amazing. Yeah. Are there any standout moments? Or is it too hard to pick? Standout moments? Oh, God. A few. Um, I remember <laughs> just... Uh, but Vernon had this character which I still laugh at every time I think about it called Tombola Man do you guys remember that? yeah I because so. <laughs> <laughs> he grew up obsessed with game shows right and so he created this character well got the producers created this character for him called Tombola Man and he was like the sort of fumbling game show host who never got anything right and every time we'd have like a big Hollywood actor on He'd come out as Tom Bowler man with his thick, thick northern accent and doing, and the Hollywood actors would be like, "What?" <laughs> like totally go over their heads, like, "What is this, Tom Bowler?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those were those were uh, funny times. And just you know, Tifa on the beach was great when we'd have these massive festivals and all the stuff we did in Ibiza. I was there. I was just in Ibiza recently, and I hadn't been there for like ten years. And the last time I was there was you know, youth. TV on stage with, you know, 2,000 gurners and goodness knows what else. <laughs> and now I was, like, having this sort of relaxed yoga feel. That's, like, how times have changed. <laughs> Is it all live? Yes, yeah. What mm-hmm. did you do for two and a half hours while the Hollyoaks on the bus was on? Oh, we'd be eating, talking, whatever, getting on the phones. We knew that was, like, our break. And it really was on for... Oops. was on for two and a half you hours. You can swear yeah. as much yeah. as you like. <laughs> <laughs> that was every Sunday. Every, every Sunday, Sunday, yeah. 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 She's, she's still obsessed with Hollyoaks. It's she's tragic, tragic, really. Oh, oh, any of the originals in it? Tony's. Tony's. Tony's not. Tony's Tony's not he's the yeah. Ian Beale, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, Tony's very... It's the meanest thing anyone said about anyone ever. Who was Tony's brother again? They were the two actors. Um... Who was his brother used to come on T4 all the time as didn't well. Did he play his own twin brother yeah, for a while? Yeah, he did. But he was like. <laughs> but he had of... a brother though. He had an actor brother. An actual brother. brother. Yeah, yeah, he did. They are twins, aren't they? Oh, are they twins? I think they're twins. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought they'd just done something clever with the camera. No, I think oh, it's right. his brother. Twins, He's think... got his brother was an, an actor in our yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. And he yeah. played his brother, <laughs> wow. Finally, we're getting to the meat of the interview. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff questions. about the book, but let's talk about yeah. Hollywood. Of course. I can probably answer anything. We must, yeah. Friends, did you watch Friends Omnibus when we used to do that? Not so much. Not so much, much. no. It's all sort of more yeah, about very nice. It's very loyal. Yeah, yeah very, very loyal, loyal to the yeah, Oaks. Yeah, to the Oaks. And it's still on. Yeah? Yeah. I don't watch it anymore, though. No, no. Only in the last few years, though. 
weaned myself off. Well, what's his face? One of the Hollyoaks cast has become a massive Hollywood actor now. He was in the. He was a policeman in Hollyoaks. Calvin. Yeah. What's his real name? I don't know. He's an American Stop looking God. at American me. God. He's oh, the lead oh, yeah. in American He's God. In Strictly as well. Yeah, he is he amazing as well. Did he win Strictly? I think he did. And now he's like this massive Hollywood star. He's looking really gorgeous too. Yeah. Would you do something like Strictly? No. Good, because I don't have the power to make it happen. Yeah, no, no, it's too much hard work. No way. Would you go back to like live TV or do you think that it's done? Um, actually, no, definitely back to live TV, but not dancing on live TV. <laughs> no. But yeah, definitely next year we've got some actually exciting things. Oh, I was going to say, what's next? Yeah. yeah, January time, watch his face. There's some really fun bits coming awesome. for those that are from our generation so yeah amazing good yeah june good. it's been such a ah, delight thanks for joining us thank you thank you for having thank me you. Oh, bless you both